This is the second episode of Doctor 101, a podcast where we break down the science behind medicine into easily relatable terms, and where we dissect the art of advocating for yourself in a medical setting, such as a doctor's office or hospital. I'm Dr. Rahman, CEO and Chairman at Rode, and as you can tell by the title, today's podcast is about high blood pressure. As we go through the topic, I want you to not only appreciate the severity of high blood pressure, but also realize that because it is such a common condition, much research and time and effort has gone into treating high blood pressure, and that's why there's a lot of hope in keeping blood pressures under control. So let's sit back and relax, or if you're jogging, or driving to work, or wherever you may be listening, and learn about high blood pressure. High blood pressure constant over a period of time is referred to as hypertension, which when broken down literally means hyper, meaning over or beyond, and tension, meaning stretching or straining. Here we have overstraining and stretching of blood vessels due to high pressure of blood traveling through these vessels. According to the CDC, one in three adults in the United States, or approximately 75 million people, have high blood pressure, and only about half of these individuals have their pressures under control. As we said about diabetes in the first episode, hypertension is also becoming more and more prevalent in the adolescent and pediatric populations. This common condition increases the risk for heart disease and stroke, two of the leading causes of death for Americans. The number of deaths attributed to hypertension rose by 10% in the last 10 years, and projections estimate that costs associated with hypertension will be $235 billion by 2035. And you may already know that hypertension is one of the silent killers, meaning that it often arises without many signs and symptoms, if any. Therefore, regularly checking your pressure for anyone over the age of 18, regardless of whether or not you are at risk for hypertension, is always a good idea. There are two types of hypertension, primary and secondary. Primary is the more common type that really has no exact known cause, although genetics, poor diet, lack of exercise, and obesity are all contributing factors. Secondary hypertension is hypertension secondary to kidney problems, tumors, or adverse medication side effects but primary hypertension is the one we will be focusing on today. Let's take Mr. Jones, for example, who is returning to us from our last episode as our hypothetical example of a 65-year-old male who loves to eat 10 candy bars every single day. But instead of 10 candy bars today, we will make him eat 10 cheeseburgers daily for as long as he can remember. We will soon see why cheeseburgers are a problem for Mr. Jones. Now, when he presents to the doctor's office, as we said, he will likely have no symptoms and his high blood pressure will be noticed only when medical staff measure it. However, those with high blood pressure do sometimes present with symptoms, and when they do, they may complain of pounding headaches, confusion and dizziness, vision changes, chest pain, palpitations or feelings of an irregular heartbeat or a heartbeat that is pounding out of the chest and abnormal pulsations felt in the head or neck region. There are many conditions that may present with these symptoms, so our job here, like with any other condition, is to rule everything else out, and thereby rule in hypertension in this case. 
This is done by the clinician as they ask questions to get more information about the history of the symptoms they are presenting to the office with. This brings us one step closer to a hypertension diagnosis. But what exactly constitutes a diagnosis of hypertension? This is easy. We just have to look at the blood pressure measurements. Usually, at least two different measurements are taken on separate visits at least two weeks apart when the patient is in a relaxed state. So if Mr. Jones says that he checked his pressure right after yelling at his cat and it was really high, this certainly does not constitute as hypertension. And I'll repeat, to make a diagnosis, we need at least two different measurements taken on two separate visits when the patient is in a relaxed state. Taking two different measurements separately helps account for normal b- blood pressure fluctuations throughout the day, and a patient's relaxed state is crucial because there's something known as white coat hypertension. White coat hypertension happens most commonly when the patient is anxious to come see their doctor, which may be exacerbated by something in their personal lives like a recent death in their family or expecting a cancer biopsy result which raises the blood pressure. Not because of hypertension, but for an external cause that skews their actual blood pressure reading. Let's move on to how to interpret a blood pressure measurement with a little bit of technical information. You may know that there are two numbers involved, a top number and a bottom number. We also know that that the heart can be thought of as a pump that sends oxygenated blood to the rest of the body. The pressure needed to push the blood out of the heart is the systolic number, or the top number. When the blood leaves, the heart needs to be filled up again, and the pressure needed to fill the heart is the diastolic pressure, or the bottom number. The systolic and diastolic pressures are measured in millimeters mercury, and that's just a unit for measuring that we do not need to get into. So for a healthy human being, the normal pressure is less than 120 systolic, the top number, over less than 80 diastolic, the bottom number. Now that we have defined 120 over 80 as normal, or those who simply need a follow-up once a year, let's quickly define some more parameters. Elevated blood pressure is up to 130 over 80, or those who require lifestyle modifications, including diet and exercise, leading to weight loss. These modifications including include reducing salt intake, because salt attracts water, and more water means more fluid in the blood vessels that require a higher blood pressure through the vessels. Also, lots of fruits, vegetables, grains, and low-fat dairy, and less alcohol are all recommended in a DASH diet, which stands for Diet Approaches to Stop Hypertension. Exercise at least 30 minutes a day totaling 2 hours a week is a minimum here. With diet and exercise comes weight loss, which is the most important factor in preventing or reducing hypertension. So those with a pressure of 130 over 80 require these lifestyle modifications and a follow-up in 6 months. Next up is 140 over up to 90, called stage 1 hypertension, who obviously need lifestyle modifications, a follow-up in one month, plus adding a pill to those at risk for heart disease. Greater than 140 over greater than 90 is classified as stage 2 hypertension, 
who must be started on two pills immediately with a follow-up in one month because the pressure is so high. Keeping accurate blood pressures at home is important in figuring out treatments if they're working as they should. Much higher pressures like those over 220 over 120 are in hypertensive crisis, which require emergency care and IV medications. So just to quickly review, 120 systolic over 90 diastolic is considered a normal blood pressure reading. Elevated pressures are up to 130 over 80. Stage 1 hypertension, 140 over 90. And stage 2 hypertension is greater than 140 over 90. It's worth mentioning that even though 120 over 80 is the normal pressure for a healthy individual, Leniency in blood pressure control is given to diabetics, dialysis patients, those who have a propensity to pass out, and patients nearing the end of their lives. We don't want to overburden patients with extra headaches who have enough problems to deal with already. But just to give you an idea, about 70% of the population are controlled with one drug alone, such as a thiazide, and 95% of the population is controlled with two medications. Finally, this brings us back to Mr. Jones. You can now see why his 10 daily cheeseburgers are so detrimental to his blood pressure and overall health. As we said, his hypertension will most likely present without any symptoms and will probably be detected on routine examination. His cheeseburgers are very high in sodium and because salt attracts water, Think of when you eat salty potato chips. You are always craving a drink afterwards. More fluid in the body requires a higher pressure, and therefore high blood pressures are seen. He is also at risk for heart disease, which we will cover in detail in the next episode. Weight loss is the most important factor in helping bringing down blood pressure. With so much sodium intake over an extended period of time, we can see and expect his pressures to be high, and will likely need at least one or more medications to bring his pressure under control. Much like how high pressures from a water pump can cause damage to the pipes supplying the water, you can imagine how much damage hypertension can cause to arteries and organs which are very fragile. By now, hopefully you have a better understanding of how blood pressures work, and how and when to treat. Before we end, your feedback is very important to me, and if you're enjoying this, please don't forget to rate and subscribe this podcast. Also, I'm happy to take your questions on Twitter at askdoctor101 or email me at askdr101 at gmail.com. I just have a short message from our sponsor, Dr. Dermacare, a skincare clinic for your skincare needs, including microdermabrasion, permanent hair removal, chemical peels, dermaplaning, and so much more. They're located in Peekskill, New York, open by walk-ins or appointments. Call 877-266-0300. That's 877-266-0300 today for more information and schedule an appointment. Thanks for listening.